0: Welcome to the Littler Workplace Policy Institute podcast. Insider briefings on the latest legislative and regulatory developments affecting employers.
1: Hello, I'm Elise Schumann, a shareholder with Littler Mendelssohn and one of the leaders of Littler's Workplace Policy Institute. I'm pleased to be joined today by one of Littler's shareholders in California, Bruce Sarche.
0: Oh, it's great to be with you, Elise.
1: Bruce, we're going to report today on two new bills pending in the California legislature. Both deal with the concept of equal pay for equal work. One would prohibit employers from asking about salary history during the job application process. And another would require large employers to file reports regarding pay for men versus pay for women. But first, allow me to provide some perspective and background. For the past several years, the WPI has primarily focused on the happenings in Washington, D.C. We strive to be an effective resource for the employer community to engage in legislative and regulatory developments that impact their workplaces and business strategies. However, regulation of the workplace takes place at all levels of government, and we at the WPI have been observing a growing trend for the past several years. More and more state governments, and even municipalities, have gotten into the act of debating, and then passing, employment and labor laws.
0: That's right, uh, Elise. I like to call this the municipalization of employment law.
1: Well, that's clever, Bruce. Well, in response to this trend, WPI is in the process of launching a series of state initiatives, starting with some states which have been most active in this area. California and New York, for example. So that's why Bruce is joining us today. As he practices in California's capital, Sacramento, Bruce is going to be WPI's person on the ground following and reporting on state and local developments in California. So welcome to the WPI team, Bruce.
0: Uh, Happy to be on board, and I'm glad to be part of Littler's workplace policy initiative. But I'm afraid we might have a lot to report on here from the Golden State because our legislature shows no sign of slowing down its efforts to further regulate the workplace, and nor do our local cities and municipalities.
1: Hey, that's a good deal. So let's get started. Bruce, I understand that there are some bills pending in California designed to address gender-based pay inequities. Can you tell us a bit about those?
0: Sure thing. To get started, let's go back in time just a bit, well, quite a bit, all the way to 1949. Of course, in World War II, we know that women entered the American workforce in record numbers, but for a variety of social and other reasons, it was common practice in those days for women to earn less than men, even when they were performing the same job. In 1949, California responded with the nation's first equal pay law. The concept was simple, equal pay for equal work. So
1: back in 1949, Did the law result in much litigation?
0: Surprisingly, no. The law was on the books but remained largely inactive. Then, in 1964, the federal civil rights law was passed. Many pay discrimination claims were litigated under the broader federal and eventually state anti-discrimination laws, and the equal pay laws remained largely underutilized.
1: Okay. Well, one thing I've noticed over the years is that we often hear about studies and reports indicating that women continue to earn less than men, even when performing those same basic jobs.
0: That's right. And in 2015, California, again, looking at some of those studies, took up the cause of equal pay for equal work. Just a couple of years ago, there were substantial amendments to the 1949 law. These amendments made it easier for employees to prove pay discrimination. Under the former test, To prove pay discrimination, an employee needed to show that he or she was being paid less than his or her counterparts of the opposite gender at the same establishment for equal work. Starting in 2016, the new test in California allows proof of pay disparities, not at the same establishment, but at the same employer. And work no longer needed to be equal work. It could be substantially similar work.
1: So Bruce's standards were broadened quite a bit.
0: Indeed. And as happened before, legislation which began in California took hold elsewhere. Since the California amendments, equal pay laws across the country have continued to evolve.
1: And that gets us to the present. Tell us about the trend that we've been seeing prohibiting employers from asking job applicants about their prior salary history.
0: Yep, that's probably the biggest trend in the evolution of equal pay laws. The thinking is that an employer's knowledge of an applicant's pay history will help to set their pay at the new job. When current pay is based on past pay, inequities can be reproduced again and again. Two cities have passed such laws, New York City and Philadelphia, and two states have as well, Massachusetts and Oregon.
1: Well, can you describe how this works?
0: Sure. Let's let's take Oregon for an example. They are the most recent state to adopt such a rule. On June 1st, 2017, Governor Kate Brown signed into law HB 2005 also known as the Oregon Equal Pay Act of 2017. Now this law generally broadens employee protections against pay discrimination, similar to the California amendments we just talked about, but it also includes two dramatic new components relating to the pay history of job applicants. First, under the new Oregon law, employers may not ask an applicant how much he or she is currently paid. That's forbidden. Second, employers may not base the pay rate for a newly hired employee on that individual's current or past compensation.
1: So New York, Philadelphia, Oregon and Massachusetts or ahead of California in this area?
0: For the time being, yes.
1: And that gets us, at last, to our discussion of the bills pending in the California Legislature. The first deals with the topic of prohibiting pay history inquiries.
0: Correct. AB 168 is California's version of the prohibition on inquiries into the pay history of job applicants. The law would prohibit any employer, both public and private sector, from seeking any salary history information about an applicant for employment. Compensation history would include both pay and fringe benefits. Violation of the law would constitute a misdemeanor. Now as of early June 2016, the bill had passed the California State Assembly and moved on to our State Senate. This law is quite similar actually to a law which was vetoed in 2015 by Governor Jerry Brown, uh, no relation to Governor Kate Brown of Oregon. When he vetoed the bill, The governor stated he wanted to give the recent amendments to the Equal Pay Law time to work first before he jumped into the area of limiting pay history inquiries.
1: Well, that sounds similar to the Oregon and other laws.
0: It is uh, very similar. But we've got the potential to go one step further here in California with AB 1209. This is called the Gender Pay Gap Transparency Act. This law would require large employers, those with 250 or more employees, to provide the Secretary of State information relating to gender pay differentials. Specifically, a large employer would be required to identify the difference between the mean and median salary of male exempt employees and female exempt employees by each job classification or title. Similar information would be required for men and women board members. The bill would also require that the information be published on or before July 1st, 2020 on a website that is available to the public. Annual updates would be required thereafter. Now as of early June 2016, this bill had also passed the California State Assembly and moved on to the State Senate.
1: Well, that certainly would be quite a big change.
0: Indeed, if either of these bills pass through the state senate and end up on the governor's desk, uh, Governor Brown will have until October 15, 2017, to
1: act. So, potentially, there are big changes ahead, but I think our listeners should keep in mind that even if these bills are adopted, they may be subject to further legal challenge. For example, the Chamber of Commerce of Greater Philadelphia filed a lawsuit in federal court on April 9, 2017, challenging the Philadelphia law limiting inquiries into the pay history of job applicants. The claim is that the new law deprives businesses of their First Amendment rights. Several other states and localities reportedly are evaluating similar litigation.
0: Well, that's the way the system works. New laws can always be challenged in the courts but there's another interesting wrinkle in California here. Last year, voters passed Proposition 54, which was called the Public Display of Legislative Bills Prior to Vote initiative. This amended our state constitution to prohibit the state legislature from passing any bill unless it is published on the internet for 72 hours before the vote.
1: Transparency in the legislative process Generally a popular item, no doubt. I don't think many people were surprised that this passed.
0: True. But here's the wrinkle. It isn't entirely clear whether the law applies to the vote in the house of origin, which moves the bill to the other house, or whether it applies to the vote in the second house, which moves the bill to the governor's desk. Now, the State Senate in California is assuming that the provision applies to bills in the House of Origin, but the Assembly is not. The proponents of Prop 54 are arguing that the Assembly is violating the Constitution, and this could lead to further challenges as well.
1: And the bills you just reported on, they originated in?
0: The California State Assembly. Now, it appears as though the pay history inquiry bill was published at least 72 hours before the Assembly's vote in the House of Origin, but the bill requiring public disclosure of male and female pay rates was not. So that bill may be subject to this potential challenge in the future as well. And Bruce,
1: as you may know, WPI has had great success. In assembling coalitions which have challenged federal and state initiatives.
0: I do indeed.
1: One last thing Bruce, are there any notable developments in California cities on this topic?
0: There are. Uh, the City of San Francisco is just now considering an ordinance which would bar employers from asking about an applicant's pay history. Indications are that this likely will be adopted in San Francisco in the near future.
1: So, as usual at the WPI, we all will have to stay tuned for further developments. Littler's Workplace Policy Institute will be there to help keep abreast of future changes to the law as well as potential legal challenges. I'd like to thank you, Bruce, for joining me today, and thanks to you all for listening to our podcast today. We look forward to being in touch with you soon.
0: Thanks very much, and thanks again for the opportunity to be a part of the Workplace Policy Institute team. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations it is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com podcasts.